Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hi guys, welcome to our devotion for this week. Uh, usually on Wednesdays, uh, some things came up. I uh, wasn't able to do it on Wednesday, but uh, maybe better late than never. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, thanks for tuning in. And I want to hey, deviate hey. from what was originally the plan uh, for the devotion this week. And I want to take a moment in John chapter 5, uh, because I think there's, uh, in light of some recent news developments, uh, I think some things that we need to take seriously as followers of Jesus. And so before we look at that, let me pray. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts through your word. Uh, Lord, give us wisdom to know how you'd have us to respond and how you'd have us to live this in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, let me read uh, the passage and then share a few comments on it. In John chapter 5, uh, actually, I know the, the title says verse, 20, uh, verse 39, uh, but I'm going to back up uh, to verse 36, where it says, But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you. For do you not believe, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name when you do not receive me. So I just want to pause there and share a few thoughts pertaining to what Jesus is saying. And he's talking about the Pharisees who were very devoted to the scriptures. They were very devoted to the law. It was their life's work to study and know the law and know how to apply the law. And Jesus is talking about that which bears witness to him. And he makes this comment to them that they diligently search the scriptures, thinking that in the scriptures they will find eternal life. But then he goes to say that those scriptures bear witness about him. And he goes on to say that they have refused to receive him. So where is it that I want to go with uh, this devotion? I made a comment in a sermon recently, and I want to follow up with that. And a lot of this is going back to what we talked about in our 
uh, Dare to Be a Disciple series uh, several weeks ago. And that is, and I don't want to give the name, uh, you can very easily search it and find it, but my purpose here isn't to attack a person or their legacy, but a very prominent evangelist, apologist, has, uh, who had passed away, uh, it has come out that for a couple of decades, he was involved in some uh, very scandalous uh, issues of conduct, let's say. And there's been a lot of aftermath with that. Uh, people trying to come to grips with, what do we do with this? And uh, this hits close to home because he was a part of my denomination. And so a lot of conversations about what do we do with this? Uh, what do we do with this person's legacy and all the, the works that they put out over the course of their life and ministry? Uh, and there's even conversations of, was this person truly saved or not? And I seldom see fruit in that kind of conversation because we don't know uh, what was the status of his heart and his soul. Now, I think we, we need to be careful on this line of thinking because it's easy for us to want to sit back and determine whether or not somebody was truly saved, uh, whatever that means. And I think the danger we get into there is we almost end up with a theology that says, Trusting in Christ and Savior is not in itself enough for eternal life. That it has to be trusting in Jesus and living a life worthy of that. Now, we can get into logistics of by their fruit you'll recognize them, and I know there's a whole conversation there. I'm simply saying we need to be careful. So my, my point isn't necessarily to talk about that person and their legacy or whether they were saved or not. I, I don't see that as a fruitful conversation. But what I do see as a fruitful conversation is how we, especially in the evangelical church, tend to think about discipleship and how we define discipleship and the metrics that we use to measure whether or not somebody is a strong Christian. And... I've asked this question of people several times over the years, and I, I feel like sometimes they think I'm uh, either interrogating or just being combative, but I genuinely, genuinely want to kind of probe this question. And, and he, here's the statement that I asked the question to. Typically, it's something along the lines of people saying that they want to get into the meat of the word or really get into the solid food of the word, and I'll ask how we tend to define discipleship, and that is the acquiring of mental information, uh, learning things, uh, getting to some kind of deep academic, you know, really kind of dig in there in scripture and unpack what the verse means. And all of that is, is important, it's fruitful, uh, it's a great discipline. But my question is, is that really the meat of the word? Is that really digging into scripture? Is that really the key factor of our discipleship? Because as we think about discipleship, if, if I were to ask you, you know, suggest for me a discipleship program for my church, my guess is that you are going to suggest a list of classes that the church should offer, or a list of books that the church, uh, people in the church should read, or uh, a system of scripture memory or something like that. And the point is that 
we tend to define Christian discipleship in terms of gathering information. You know, take these classes and you are a disciple, or you are becoming a disciple in that you're acquiring more Bible information. Uh, either you you can name all the books of the Bible in order, or you know certain facts about the Bible, or you can quote passages of Scripture. And again, all of that has its place. But again, going back to this uh, world-renowned evangelist who has recently come under fire and uh, the scandals that have been uncovered about them after they passed away last year. And I, I use that as an example because this is a person who was identified as kind of a, a role model for a lot of Christian leaders. Uh, he was seen as a defender of truth, a defender of the scriptures, a brilliant thinker. And certainly if we think about somebody who knew the scriptures, could defend and articulate the scriptures, it was this individual. So how do we cope with what this person presented in terms of their ability to articulate and defend and talk about scripture and truth with how they live their life? And I think what we see in this person, again, there's a lot of debate, were they truly a Christian or not? Again, I don't think that's fruitful. I think this person serves as an example of our flawed approach to what discipleship looks like. Because again, we define discipleship by do they know a lot about the Bible? And certainly I'm an advocate of knowing a lot about the Bible. But the problem is, if we stay there, if we never go anywhere deeper, because if we just stay there and think that somehow acquiring biblical knowledge is kind of the uh, the fountain of all discipleship and the measure of all discipleship, we're doing nothing more than what Jesus is accusing the Pharisees of here in John chapter 5. And that is, you think that by searching the scriptures, you find eternal life. But he makes that point to say that the scriptures testify about him. So what that means is this book, the Bible, the scriptures, all of it, they are not a end into themselves. And I know that can almost sound scandalous because uh, at least uh, in the, the camp that my church would fall under would be the evangelical portion of the broader church of Jesus throughout the world. And I, I think it's helpful for us to understand that the body of Christ is very multifaceted, that the evangelical wing of the church is just one stream. Uh, Richard Foster wrote a wonderful book called Streams of Living Water where he talks about different streams of Christianity and how they came to be and what their emphasis is. And my church and my denomination and this uh, evangelist leader that I'm referring to would fall under that umbrella of the evangelical wing of the church, which it's a fancy way of saying that we are a very word-centered people that the Bible is a very important part of our spirituality, and it should be. But the problem becomes when the Bible becomes an end in itself. It, the problem becomes when the Bible becomes the everything about our spirituality, to the point that we lose our focus on Jesus. And so going back to this evangelist that I referred to, we can have the debate, was he genuinely a Christian or not? 
I don't know, and that's not for me to decide. What I will say conclusively, and I've said this for years to people who say, well, this person says they're Christian, but they do this. Are they really Christian? I don't know. I'm one who is prone to give them the benefit of the doubt. What I can conclusively say is that whatever their status of their relationship with Jesus, there was a problem in that relationship. I think that's a fair conclusion to draw. Whether they were genuine or not, I don't know, but there was a problem in their relationship with Jesus. Uh, for this evangelist, if there wasn't a problem in his relationship with Jesus, he wouldn't have been doing the things he was doing for decades. And I think that's a very easy trap for us to fall into as followers of Jesus, where we become so focused on this book, and knowing this book, and studying this book, and memorizing parts of this book, all of which are things we should do. But we can't begin to think that in the scriptures themselves we'll find eternal life. This book, these scriptures were meant to point us to Jesus, to point us to him so that we can draw near to him and become more like him. So I think I just wanted to share my heart that we need to be very careful about how we define discipleship and what discipleship looks like for us. Because the scriptures were meant to point us to Jesus and draw us closer to Jesus. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we can take this book and we can make the sum total of our spirituality, knowing this book, defending this book, arguing for this book, when it's not about this book alone. This book's purpose is to direct us to Jesus and draw us closer to Jesus. If it's not doing that, then we're not rightly handling this book and doing what this book was intended to do, and that is draw us to Jesus. And so if we find ourselves becoming people, and I know it, we would never admit this, but there are seasons in my life where I can look back and say that I loved this book more than I loved Jesus. And that becomes a problem. And dare I say that's when we allow the Bible to become idolatrous, when it becomes more important to us than Jesus. Now I know someone's going to say, yeah, but the Bible is the word of God, Jesus is the word of God, and so they're one and the same. I, I understand the, the heart behind that, but ultimately... Scripture was meant to point us to Jesus. If we love this book more than Jesus, we've lost the purpose. If we're more focused on this book than we are on Jesus, we've lost our focus. Again, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you think that in the Scriptures you'll find eternal life, but the Scriptures bear witness about me. And I think fundamentally that the problem we have with this world-renowned evangelist is we think certainly this is the model of discipleship. He was brilliant. He knew the scriptures. He defended the scriptures. But how do we, def how do we explain how he lived his life? The focus became the scriptures. The focus was taken off of Jesus. And we can find ourselves in that same trap of being so focused on the scriptures that we lose sight of the person of Jesus. And so I know this is a theme that we hit a lot uh, when we looked in the Gospel of Matthew, but I just wanted to uh, 
kind of consolidate this again and stress this point again, especially in light of uh, the revelations that have come out the past couple of weeks about this individual. Our spirituality as Christians is about people who follow Jesus. It's interesting to me that Christians, in many ways, at least evangelical Christians today, are labeled as, we might call ourselves, people of the book. The world might call us Bible thumpers. In Antioch, back in the first century, followers of Jesus, the label that was put on them was Christian, which meant little Christ, which basically meant they were Jesus people. In the late 60s into the 70s, with the Jesus movement, followers of Jesus were labeled as the Jesus people. And I think the fact that we are now being associated as people of the book or Bible thumpers should serve as a wake-up call to us. Because basically Jesus called the Pharisees Bible thumpers. They failed to be Jesus people. Friends, I simply share this to say that if we're to be labeled as something today, let it be Jesus people, not Bible thumpers, not people of the book. Yes, we are deeply committed to the scriptures, and we ought to be. Please don't misunderstand me. But more than anything, we are to be Jesus people, a Jesus-centered people, a Jesus-like people. The scripture should point us in that direction. But if we start using scriptures and our knowledge of scripture as the sole marker of our discipleship, we've missed the boat. The marker of discipleship is Christ-likeness, not Bible intelligence. So please take these comments for what they're intended to be. Again, all of this coming back to John 5, where Jesus talked about the fact that the Pharisees, who were deeply committed to the scriptures and defending the scriptures, were so committed to scriptures that they lost sight of Jesus, and they failed to see that the scriptures were meant to point them to Jesus. And my fear among evangelicals today is that we have so lost focus and we've so put the focus on the scriptures that we've lost sight of the person of Jesus. And he is the one that we are about. He is the one who defines us. And the scriptures are meant to point us to him, help us to know his heart, that we can draw closer to him and become more like him. So let's live and act and conduct ourselves in such a way that we're accused of being Jesus' people who define our discipleship and how much we're becoming like Jesus, not how much information we're cramming in our heads. So please take those words for what they're meant. Uh, They weren't meant to be a rebuke. They're meant to be an encouragement to us to always make sure that our focus is on Jesus, that we don't lose focus and make the scriptures our defining attribute to not allow our political ideals to become our defining attribute, but to let Jesus be what defines us, be who defines us. Let's be Jesus people again. Lord willing, we'll see you back here next week for our next devotion. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time, God bless you.